Welcome inside. It is that time of the week, the best time of the week, finally. Sean, you know what this is? What? It's the JSK Media Sports Podcast. I'm Jonah Kligman. I'm alongside Sean Schwab. This is the podcast where we hang out, talk sports, make some picks, and are sure to play some games. I got one for you. So stick around. We'll catch you up on the sports world. We'll have some fun. And there is so much to get into. And we got to start where I think everyone's starting in sports talk this week. The college football playoffs are set. And with controversy, nonetheless, we knew if certain teams won, right? If Alabama won, there would be some controversy. And Sean, sure. our conversation leading up to this was if Alabama wins, if Texas wins, who's going to make it, right? If FSU is undefeated, which one of them would they pick? And the committee came together and said, how about both? So four ranked Alabama will play number one Michigan at the Rose Bowl at two o'clock on January 1st. And three ranked Texas will play two ranked Washington at the Sugar Bowl in New Orleans on five at 5.45 p.m. All these times are Pacific Standard Time also on New Year's. The big controversy, though, it's the first time an undefeated Power 5 team did not make the college football playoffs. I, I, I Instant reaction, Sean, I kind of got it because I kind of broke the news to you. I was up a little earlier on Sunday, but what was this going through your head? I mean, I was just shocked when I saw this come out because like like you said, we were talking about, I was talking about my dad and everyone else about, you know, Florida State won. Who are they going to put in, Alabama or Texas? I even had a bet with my uncle about, you know, Florida State's in, it's going to be Alabama or Texas. And I was so confident that there's no way that a committee could walk in and tell a Power 5 undefeated conference champion that they're not a top four team, that they're not going to be in the playoff. I think it's insane because, listen, I'm sure that if Florida State was in, they, they probably would have lost that first game against Michigan or Washington. And odds are it might have been a couple touchdown game. But at the same time, what more can you ask of them? Yeah, they lost Jordan Travis, but they still won games. They still beat a top 12 Louisville team in the in their conference championship. I, I can't, you can't, I don't think the college football committee did the right thing by telling an undefeated Power 5 team that they're not in the playoff. I think you can't ask any more of them than that. They did everything they could do. It's a five-letter word, Sean, and it makes the world go round. It's money. Money. And that's absolutely when you could have, and look, they needed an SEC team. Say what you will. Yep. It scares it's, it's, me though, as a Cal fan going to the, uh, Going to the ACC, knowing you can have an undefeated season and still not make the college football playoffs. Absolutely. But look, this format's going to be gone in the in in a year. Unfortunately, it wasn't ready for this year with with so many good teams, but it'll all be null and void. Nevertheless, we will pick those games in the coming weeks. It's still we still got a couple weeks, still got to yeah, wait yeah, till New Year's time. for the college football playoffs. But some other bowls that will happen before that are coming up, and what other bowls? Are you looking forward to particularly, of course, these games don't really matter and guys will rest. FSU, it looks like people might boycott and not play, which I think is stupid. But anyways, what matchups are you looking forward to outside of these two semifinal games? I mean, I think obviously 
as a fan, I'm excited for the USC game and especially with Caleb not playing to see who the starter is. But I think other than that, I, I'd say I'm most excited for the Penn State Ole Miss game because I think that's the you know highest ranked matchup where the majority of the two teams' players will actually be playing. Both their quarterbacks should be playing, don't have very high draft stock. And uh, I think it'll be a good matchup. I think both teams will really play hard and want to win. So I think that's probably the matchup I'm most excited for. Yeah, I mean, that was the first one that came to mind is Penn State Ole Miss. Just a really great matchup and two teams that are really going to want to put in all their marbles and try to win this game. Obviously, Georgia, Florida State has a lot of interest around it. Oregon State, Notre Dame, another one I'm looking at. But Sean, I hear the Independence Bowl in Shreveport is going to be <laughs> really exciting. So really, I'm kind of going with you and and picking the bias there. I hear it's the bull to watch. Is it? Yes. Interesting. Interesting. That's, that is not what I've been hearing. No, that's what everyone's saying, Sean, on ESPN and Fox and the JSK Media mm. Sports Company. <laughs> right. Most importantly. Absolutely. This year, the NFL, particularly quarterbacks, has been injury after injury after injury, and Monday night, Trevor Lawrence sprained his ankle. Now, I know it's not to the magnitude of Watson and Rodgers and Burrow. It's just a high ankle sprain. He should be back. But is there a fundamental issue here with all these injuries? I mean, we talked about it with baseball this year. Every pitcher, it seems like, is getting Tommy John like their Tic Tacs, and seemingly these quarterbacks this year are having these injuries that are putting them out for an extended amount of games and for most of the season out for the year. Yeah, I mean, I think so. I think, But I think that fundamental issue might just be football. It's a hard contact sport and a lot of injuries happen. And I think there's years where we see it happen more, especially we saw it this week in Watson, Rodgers, and Burrow are big name guys that we expect to be you know, the face of the NFL. But every year there's a lot of injuries, and that's just what football is. That's why they can only play a game a week. That's why you need a 53-man roster where there's only 11 people in the field. It's it's just a contact sport with a lot of injuries. And also, I think the more they try and protect certain players, especially the quarterback, the more people tend to complain about it and the more bad calls there are. I mean, I think back to this Sunday night, there was that Mahomes play where he's rolling out he is two feet in bounds and gets hit by a by a cornerback and they say un, they call a necessary roughness and give him a 15 yard penalty he was fully in bounds and I understand you're all for protecting the quarterback and that's the best player in the NFL in the face of the league but if he's not out of bounds why can't he get hit it was a legal hit shoulder to shoulder with both feet in bounds they call a 15 yard penalty so I think as much as it sucks to see, and especially losing a quarterback can just change your entire season, but that's just how football is, and I think they really have to stop trying so hard to protect the players more than they're already protected. Sticking with questionable calls, everyone said P.I. should be reviewable. They did that, and then surprisingly, after a year of that, it's not reviewable anymore. Would you want to see them bring that back? I think in some capacity they should. I mean, especially, you know, going back to that Sunday night game. Right. That was 100% pass interference. He has both hands over his shoulders a good second before the ball gets there. 
it's like they give every call to Mahomes and you're like, God, they give every call to Mahomes. And then like the one call that is just feels so blatant and would yeah. so change the game, they don't call. Oh, absolutely. I mean, that's especially with how the pass interference rule is in the NFL where it's a spot foul. I mean, that's first and goal with more than enough time to score. But it feels like one of those things where it's like everything's becoming so review heavy and they're making the game so much more modern and then we're still letting this happen. That could be so easily reviewed, overturned, and they could get it right. Just It feels like, why not? Yeah, and it seems, I guess, the outlook they have is that a pass interference, it, it kind of reminds me of balls and strikes where it's just thing where it's like, it is what it is, and it has to be this like initial feeling call, and it's so pivotal and would take so long to review that they just don't want to make it reviewable and just I, I want to get into this too where every player has a chip in their in their cleats and their helmets and there's lasers and that's why they know even even in the international games they had all these lasers yet for first downs it's where the referee felt to spot the ball and then they bring yeah. out chains and do this analog chains why it just it just seems trivial, like, you know, just to get into other things where some things are reviewable and some aren't, where, I mean, do you like that kind of analog thing, especially for first downs? Uh, no, I think it's stupid. I mean, like... And they did uh, it like for XFL. XFL, they had, like, yeah, the same technology exactly. they use for, like, the offsides and soccer and everything. Right, yeah, offsides are, like, the tennis balls, like the calls in tennis. Right, right. It feels like it's such easy fix that they could do so quickly it's like they don't even need to go into review have you seen like the expedited review they do in college football where it's like they don't have to send the refs on the field to go review it they just have the earpiece in the person in new york just goes and tells them it's this and they just call it right there you know make it as easy as that where there's someone upstairs watching the video they tell the ref in their ear and they just do it without having to go and do that you know minute long delay in the game you remember in the it was at the oakland coliseum where the ref put the index card in between the ball and the yeah have you seen that and then he has that yeah. little smirk and points first down but even then it's like where they spotted the ball is like somewhat right. arbitrary absolutely like, for sure if it's coming down to centimeters you're like it's so close but if the ref put the ball a centimeter that way right absolutely it's it seems like with the amount of technology that's used in the game, it feels so outdated. Yeah, and it's... Look, we're seeing it in baseball, too. It's this balance of... Right? There's something so holy about sports that is just, you know, very primitive. Baseball, it's guys hitting with the stick. Football, it's right. just a bunch of guys trying to move a ball. And there is kind of this charm of doing things in an old-fashioned way, but it feels like some areas of the game are technology-heavy and some areas might need more technology... And well, you know, we'll see where it goes. I, some people do like that, you know, breaking the plane to get into the end zone. That's like, you know, like we look at cameras, we're not looking at lasers, right? Some people right. like that kind of old way, but I'd like to well, see. It's, it's same thing. I mean, obviously, like in soccer with that whole new offsides and the. Yeah, it was like if an eyelash was offsides, they yeah, call it. It's, it's like the smallest thing ever where it's like. You have a ref. Those aren't. That's not something they're actually looking for. But something's going to call if 
you know, a strand of hair is offsides, but with the new technology, it's absolutely perfect in a way that it probably doesn't need to be for sports. Right. That's where it's like, be careful what you wish for. And we might sit here and yeah. say, oh, bring this. And then there's unwanted consequences of that. Balls, balls and strikes in MLB. Who knows what we're going to be saying in, you know, a year if they start it next year or whatever. Yeah. You know, the thing was, was before this season, I was like, I hate the shift, yada, yada, yada. It's the best thing that's happened to this sport in a long time. I loved the band shift. So, you know, I've been very oh, big on great. balls and strikes, but perhaps they proved me wrong. You know, I, yeah, it's coming. It, it, it's coming to an extent, oh, sure. whether it's reviewable or a hybrid program, it's coming. And there's going to be something, you know, I think you got to be open minded. Yeah. Just see All how right. it works out. Yeah. All right. Circling it back. I want to talk about a guy who, if you're an avid listener to the show, you know, early on how I explained my story where I saw this guy get drafted, chose to follow him. And that is that guy is Jordan Love. And the last three starts for the Packers, Jordan Love, whose mom now gets to sit in a box, not in the last row. <laughs> Jordan Love has a 3-0 record, 65-plus completion percentage on 100-plus attempts, 8-plus touchdown passes with zero turnovers, 115-plus passer rating, 40-plus rushing yards, and no more than five sacks taken. No other quarterback in NFL history has done all that over a three-start span, including postseason. He's been shutting up the hater, Sean. Absolutely. I think I think it's great to see because people saw the potential he had in college and through his combine and pro day, and it just felt like they there was nothing good said about him from the second he got drafted until this year. Every offseason, they're like, he's not ready, he's missing throws, he's not getting reads, he's inaccurate. There was so much negative talk about his play that I'm really happy for him to see him succeeding and showing that, you know, these analysts only know so much and that I'm here and I'm proving it on the field against big time competition that I deserve to be here and I deserve to be a franchise starting quarterback because it must have been so hard for him to sit all those years behind a back-to-back MVP quarterback while they're just taking shots at him about how he's playing in practice in the offseason and I think it's great for him to have his opportunity and really show that he deserves to be here. So my question to you, big upset on Sunday night football, they beat the Chiefs, are they a playoff team? I think they are. They're really young and they're talented. They're athletic, they're fast. We see all the receivers, you know, Christian Watson starting to play a lot better. Jaden Reed, they they have a lot of really young talent and the defense is improving too, I think. I'm there to come together and make a real playoff push. Are you a LaFleur guy? I am. I like him. Me too. All right, Sean. Time for our big three. I went two and one. Back on track. You, however, not 0 and 3, but you went 0 and 2 and 1. And that push was really odd. You had Chargers minus 6, and it was a 6 0 game, which is just so odd. So odd. To Such push, a weird game. The push made it a 0-0 game. That was just a terrible football game. I just want to take a look at the records. No better time to do it because I really have a better week than you. So I'm 21 <laughs> and 18. You're 21 and 15 and 3. So we have the same amount of wins, but you have three less losses. So this friendly competition here, it's getting tight. Yeah, it is. I, I'm... 
I'm very disappointed with with this week. Just got to turn the ship around, one. and there's always another week, Sean. That's the beauty always. of it. That's the always. beauty of it. So week 14, hit me with your big three. All right, we're starting in Cincinnati. The Bengals plus one at home against the Colts. I think we saw the potential Jake Browning has to lead this offense with the amount of skill and weapons they have. And I think that their defense is good enough to stop a Gardner Minshew-led Colts. And they'll win this, they'll win, I think they'll win this game outright and they're given the points. Second, I'm taking the Texans. Minus three and a half in New York playing the Jets. The Jets have a great defense, but have no offense. And I think CJ Stroud and that, that combo with Nico Collins will be able to do enough to get more than a three and a half point win against a terrible Jets offense. And then I'm taking the Lions. Minus three and a half in Chicago against the Bears. And this is a line I love. One of the worst teams in the NFL and the Bears. A Lions team that's competing for one of the first overall seeds in the NFC that has been improving with that duo of running backs of David Monty and Jameer Gibbs. Jared Goff being a great game manager and the defense led by Dan Campbell is really electric. I think that they'll beat the Bears by at least a touchdown and it's only three and a half, so give me the Lions. I like those picks, Sean. I was shocked you. at the, you know, the Lions line. My goons were I telling me shocked. Well, my goons were telling me to take the Bears plus three and a half, which I didn't really like. Really? Yeah. So I I, I, know. I know that seems like a shocking line, but Sean, Vegas knows stuff we don't. They always do. And that's Vegas why I, knows. It's scary. For sure. All right, let me get into my week 14 big three. Here we go. Number one, Chiefs minus one and a half. They're hosting the Bills. Mahomes at home under a field goal line coming off a loss. Seems like a no-brainer to me. I love rooting for these Chiefs. Number two, Broncos plus three. Looking at this game, just seems like Denver is a better team. Chargers, they're not good. They scored two field goals against New England. We just talked about that. And outside of their loss last week, Broncos are on fire. They're in the playoff hunt. I like these plus points. Lastly, Raiders plus three. I really like them off the bye with their new coach. And looking on the other side of the things, looking at the Vikings, Dobbs has lost his magic. He's lost back to back. I'm going with the home team in this one. I'm going with the Raiders. Those, those are some good picks. Although, selfishly, Justin Jefferson is back for the Vikings. We'll see. I hope, I ho hopefully, it changes something. I hope... Uh, I hope Justin Jefferson has a good game and still loses. We could compromise <laughs> at that. I'll take that. All right. If you're a regular listener to this podcast, you know a few things about Sean and I. You know I love Shohei. You know Sean loves USC. You know we both love the Dodgers. And you know we love talking about the king himself, LeBron James. Sean, we don't need excuses to talk about LeBron. Sometimes this turns into not. the LeBron show. But today we do have an excuse. Listen to this. On November 29th, 2003, LeBron James scores 33 points for the Cavs. December 5th, 2023, LeBron James scores 31 points for the Lakers. That makes him the first player in NBA history to have 30-point games 20-plus years apart. Still your goat, Sean? Absolutely. I don't even think it's close. He is so talented. And I think it's something that I was actually talking about yesterday with a bunch of different people at school where 
you know, LeBron might not be a top five player in the NBA right now, might not be a top 10 player in the NBA right now. But you can't tell me there are very many guys, if any guys, that you would take over LeBron when it comes to a fourth quarter of a close game, when it comes to a playoff series, when it comes to an elimination game. He walks And this in was in an in-season tournament game. This was in an up game. game. But he can just turn it on. When, when he walks in and he says, I'm winning this game, there is no one in NBA history that could stop him. And I genuinely believe that. Him walking in 15 points in the fourth quarter led the Lakers to that win. He put that Lakers team on his back and took them to a victory. And the fact that, listen, it's impressive when a 26, 27-year-old does that. But the fact that he's the oldest player in the league, he's what, 30, 38, 39? And he's putting an entire team on his back scoring 15 points in the fourth quarter and carrying them to a victory on national television, the quarterfinals of the in-season tournament, is ridiculous. No one should be doing that. That Nobody should be playing NBA basketball at that age, let alone scoring 31 points. I think his longevity and what he could do on a basketball court in those closing minutes in that fourth quarter is unlike almost anyone we've seen playing basketball. LeBron James will be... 39 on December 30. So in a few short weeks, he'll be 39 years old, and he's still doing what he was able to do. Still still averaging 26, 8, and 8. Unbelievable. Now, before we get into the in-season tournament, which I have to be truthful here, I'm kind of getting into it. Have you been watching a bit? I love it. I'm bought in. It's so entertaining. It's really, it's it's picking up as we've gotten to this knockout uh, knockout round. But before we get into it, NBA announced that the Lakers won't be back in their black uniforms because the Lakers, they, they've they said it, it blends in too much with, with the floor. So Lakers are undefeated in their black alternative city edition uniforms, but NBA told them they can't wear them for the semifinals because of the contrast with the court. So in Vegas, they'll be forced to wear their gold uniforms. What the it's heck? It's funny. It's it, funny. It's definitely funny. I mean, listen. Is it going to make that big of a difference? Probably not, but it'll definitely give everyone an excuse if they do lose and and someone to blame if they do. Yep. So we're into the knockout rounds now, which consist of single elimination games in the quarterfinals, semifinals, and the championship. Quarterfinals are over. Semifinals are on December 7th. Championship will be on Saturday the 9th. And the quarterfinals, they're over. We're down to the final four. I caught some of the Pacers-Celtics game and almost the whole Lakers-Suns game, and the atmosphere is awesome. Like, there's some buy-in, and what's so fun about this tournament is it's almost like a playoffs for the sixth man. It's these guys stepping... Look, LeBron's still doing LeBron, and the playoffs are all about the stars, but it's giving a stage for these bench guys to really shine, and that's where you're really seeing the emotion come through. Yeah, absolutely. And I think, you know, like we said, we're both buying into this tournament. And I think what is going to cause fans to buy in is the players. And since the players are buying in, since the players are playing so hard and really want to win, it's making the fans buy in. It's bringing that atmosphere. When you're seeing Devin Booker and Kevin Durant and LeBron James and Anthony Davis go at it as hard as they can for 48 minutes, 
no wonder the fans are buying in. It's bringing that intensity that you expect in a playoff game, but you never expect from a regular season basketball game. So I think it's awesome that we're, we're seeing the players really buy in and really want to win. I think watching the end of that Pacers-Celtics game was incredible. It was an incredible fourth quarter. Just so entertaining, back and forth. Great players going at great players. Players stepping up and really playing hard. And then, like we were talking about the Lakers and Suns, they're trying to limit LeBron's minutes all all year. But quarterfinals, he's playing 40-plus minutes. He wants to win. He's not taking himself out of that game. So, I think the players buying in, really wanting to win, is what is making this in-season tournament very entertaining. Yeah, and look, the money incentives for players is a half million dollars. Now, LeBron James is making $47 million on his contract yeah. this year. Anthony Davis, $40 million. So, a half million dollars doesn't mean much to them, to be quite honest. But these lower-level guys, for some of them, it's half their contract. It's a portion of their contract. But I think also what it really is, especially this year when it's a first year, is this is such a legacy. This is such... To win the first one? This is going to be talked about forever. Whatever team goes on and wins this, especially if it's, you know, someone like the the Lakers with LeBron or the Bucks with Giannis. Like, these are going to, these are all-time great NBA players that are going to be talked about for years and years to come. You really think so? Like, there's going to be this legacy if you win the first one? I think so. I think it's really going to be something that when it comes down to it in, in They'll call it like 10, the LeBron James years, season MVP. Yeah, I guess exactly what it's going to be. But in 10, 15 years, we're talking about the GOAT debate, and we can say, well, LeBron led his team to the first in-season tournament championship and won the first MVP. I think it's absolutely going to be a talking point, you know, in once he's once he's retired. I like it. All right, let's do this, Sean. Semifinals, starting with Lakers-Pelicans. It's all one-game elimination, which also makes it so fun. Who you got? Lakers. Give me the Lakers. LeBron's not losing this. All right, Bucks Pacers. Honestly, I'm gonna take the Pacers. I think Tyrese Halliburton is the best point guard in the NBA right now, and he's playing incredible. And I think they're gonna win this game. All right, finishing it out. I don't really need to ask this, but it's Pacers Lakers. Who you got? Give me the Lakers. LeBron MVP win the tournament. Put this, add this to his long resume as. The first in-season tournament champion. God, doesn't it? Imagine like those old Warriors teams just like, like their team that lost eight yeah. games just like running through this tournament. Yeah, it wouldn't, it wouldn't even be fun. It wouldn't be entertaining. I was listening to Steph Curry on on a podcast and he was saying just, just how fun it is. Like he, he's saying it, it yeah. kind of gives this extra incentive. So even a guy like Steph, he's saying... And it's not interfering, but he loves like the pool play, like playing sack, you know, like often in this period. And he also did make the distinction how, you know, the courts are special in going through it. So to see a guy like Steph kind of acknowledge it and realize, you know, their systematic way of doing it is really cool. Yeah, absolutely. It's it's been a lot of fun. All right. Fun question time. I've been wanting to do this one for a while. This seemed like a good week to do it. There have been, and I, I know we love talking about this stuff, and there have been some super cool alternate and throwback uniforms this 2023 NFL season. What's your favorite? I think there's a couple. I think I think the 
Eagles, the Kelly Green, are really cool. I think the Creamsicle and Tampa Bay are really cool. I think the the Titans throwback Oilers jerseys are awesome, but bias or not, I really think it's those Seahawks jerseys. I don't. I, I I'm not calling it bias. Those are clean. Those Seahawks jerseys are so nice. The gray helmets, the old logo, the blue jerseys. They're so nice. So I think it's the Seahawks. Yeah, I mean, I agree with you. Kelly Greens are sick. There's some cool ones. My honorable mentions are the Creamsicle Bucks. And the Jets black. Those ones are crisp. Yeah, the Jets black are nice. But my top pick has to be the Packers. They paid homage yeah. to the 1950s with their throwback uniforms they wore during week 11. And I've I've said, I just love the Packers colors. When we were talking logos and some other stuff, I just love the green and yellow. It's so yeah. iconic in these uniforms, just like with that dark green, the, the letters standing out. I love that one. Yeah, they're nice. They're really clean. All right, Sean. You ready for the game? I am. I'm ready. All right. This is a this is a, a a good Jonah odd one. I think you'll appreciate it. Oh God. Okay. There are eight teams in the NFL whose logo consists of one letter. In their one logo. One letter. Yes. Can you name all eight? In what sport or oh all sports? A- NFL. 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 Oh God. Is this too hard? Wait, yeah. No, no, no. I gotta I gotta think about it. Okay. NFL logos. Okay. Ravens. Ravens, yes. They have a B in their logo. Bengals. Yes. They're just a B. Um try to go through divisions. Yeah, no, I like your thinking. Packers. Wa- Packers, yes. There's the one G. that's like, I don't even know if you know it. What'd you say? The G for the Packers. Yeah, like, yeah, yeah. I don't yeah. even know. God. Oh, Bears, Bears. Bears, boom. You're doing good. Okay. You said eight, so I have what, four? Yeah, you need four more. Okay, so my question is, are they like, are we kind of like the hidden logos when it's like... Oh, yeah. Inside it? Okay. So let me think. Like, does the Texans count? Like, is that is that a T? Well, the Texans, No. No, not the okay. Texans. Yeah, it's not a, It's not actually a T. Okay, I had to check up on that. Commanders are they? Are they the W? Three more, Sean. Nice work. Okay. Titans. Boom. Two more. One of them's easy. One of them's kind of like a hidden one. You might have to look it up after I tell you if you don't get it. Okay. You're doing surprisingly, not surprisingly well because you're Sean, but I'm impressed. <laughs> oh, God. This might be the end. One of them I want you to get. My favorite kicker's on this team. Favorite kicker? Who's your favorite kicker? He was always my fantasy kicker. I don't remember that. Do you want me to just tell you the back two? Yeah, tell me last two. You know what I'm going to do? They're both bird teams. They're both bird teams. Okay. There's a lot Seahawks, of bird teams. Cardinals? No. No. No, it's just a cardinal head. Cardinals? Eagles? Yeah, eagles. It's Eagle? an E. Is it not yes. the bird head? Yes. Look it up, Sean. Go ahead. Go on your what? computer. Look it up. See the E? How, like, the feathers, if you want to call them feathers? Oh. Mm, bet you didn't know that. That's so smart. Yeah. 
Interesting. Yeah. Sports teams okay. love birds. Yeah, they do. Wait, I'm missing one more? Yeah, it's a bird. That bird teams are there. Um, I already said the Ravens. Yeah. Falcons? Do you want me to just... Yeah, the Falcons. Is the Falcons on the bird head too? Look it up, Sean. The Falcons is obvious, honestly. Oh, yeah, it's the F. It's the F. Yeah. All right, Sean, Lakers, Lakers first winners? Yeah, they're going to do it. I faith. Dude, I'm low-key hyped. Like, I want the Lakers I'm to excited. win. I'm excited. Like, I'm invested. I'm excited. It's what, tomorrow night? Yeah, tomorrow night. All right, that'll be fun. LeBron. And it brings you in, like, early in the season. like. Oh, for sure. Yeah. I mean, which I'm is excited. the whole point, but... Give me a fun game. It's working. It's gonna be a fun game. You got you got anything else for me, Shawnee, before we head out? No, I mean I'm excited for the rest of this tournament and big fantasy football week upcoming. So yeah, hopefully, hopefully your that. JJ does well. I hope I but not, better, but, but not well enough to lead them to a to a victory. <laughs> I don't want them to cover. But you've been listening to the JSK Media Sports Podcast. Consider sharing our podcast with a friend to build up our JSK family. Give us a rating. We'd really appreciate it. Thank you so much for listening, and we'll see you next time.